and at that point, man, I really didn't, I didn't follow road racing at all. You know, I knew of MotoGP and I knew a couple of the guys' names, but I, I really didn't have a clue. I was kind of a strictly moto kid. Um, and so we kind of get wrangled together some leathers, bought a helmet and all that stuff, went to the tryouts and, uh, dude, I mean, I only drug my knee like one time at the whole tryout. I remember in like turn two at Barber, um, it was my first time on asphalt. And so I, I was no doubt probably the slowest kid that they picked out all of them, but I think they knew it was my first time around. And, uh, it was kind of cool how that whole program kind of took a lot of those kids together from different, from different places. Episode 73, Tank Slapping Podcast. End of the flat track season, man. It's over, but we're going to keep the pods coming at you. Co-hosting Frankie Garcia, man. What's going on? What's up, man? I just got home from uh, just got home from Charlotte. I'm excited for this episode. There's got a lot to talk about. It's going to be really cool. We have a shitload to talk about. Uh, we could probably do half a show covering charlotte but that's not really what what we do completely here on tank slapping pod we got a really good guest on top of the recap that we're going to go over we got moto america superbike champion jake gagne coming on the show um i'm stoked for it i don't know a lot about jake obviously i'm a fan of his riding a lot of respect for him uh, i know he's He's done some flat track. I've seen him at the Super Prestigio in America in 2015. And uh, I know he does a lot with American Super Camp and Danny Walker. So excited to talk to Jake Gagne, uh, Frankie. Yeah, it's going to be cool, man. I mean, I know Jake through like Danny Walker and met him back in the day when he, you know, when he was doing Rookie Cup stuff and then working with the American Super Camp guys and the Road Race Factory team. And then after spending, you know, I've spent time in the, in the Moto America paddock, you know, in and out doing little things here and there, a little bit of racing. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I've been around Jake, him and I are buddies. Um, I think it's really cool, man. That guy's got an interesting background. Obviously he's a moto dude. He's a road race guy. He's like, you know, he's like this, this surfer hippie. He's, he's rad. Uh, I can't wait to hear all the things that, uh, he has to say. Yeah, I was going to say, if you could uh, paint a picture of a typical California SoCal uh, guy, you know, it's probably Gagne with the long hair and surfing. And he's just mellowed down to earth from what from what I've seen in interviews. And I'm pretty sure I've, I've talked to him at a race somewhere along the way, but um, definitely don't know him too well. So stoked to get him on here, maybe break him out of his shell a bit and and uh, talk some shit. So I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, speaking of talking shit, Frankie... Let's let's get the, the the Charlotte recap going, man. Any any anything that any shit talking you you want to start on with the super hooligan stuff or track oh, prep or <laughs> the only the only shit I have to talk is about myself and riding like a complete clown in a super hooligan main event. Went into the went into the final race tied with the points lead and and uh, you know left the Charlotte half mile with a tenth tenth place finish. So. Um, I rode like a kook. Those East coast dudes are fast. Good on them. A uh, lot of respect for those guys. Racing with Kevin Varnes was cool. Uh, he got on the podium. Yep. Uh, me and cop, I battled with Joe cop for 10th, which is rad. I beat him. So sorry, Joe. Um, but dude, I mean, whatever, like, I mean, the track was what it was. We got rained out and you know, it turned into this like slippery sketch ball of a track, but I mean, it was the same for everybody. It just, yeah, it was sketchy, but 
I had a great time. I, I had a great time. I, 10th place never felt so good. I mean, you, uh, you rode the main event right before mine. What do you, what do you think about the track? Oh, I was just, I was just talking shit about talking shit. I don't, I thought the track was, I guess it was all right. All things considered, it was nothing really. I don't think they could have done anything else. I know I saw them out there trying to scrape it, but it was a really weird, like I, I raced flat track a long time and you don't see tracks like that too often where you do one thing for four laps straight, you come around the next lap, feel like you're doing the exact same thing and you, 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 you crash or you get squirrely, you know, it, it's one of those tracks. I kind of described it like a rattlesnake. It would just jump up and bite you when you had no idea what you did wrong. Like I, I, most of the guys that fell, they probably did that same line or whatever multiple times before that happened, you know, when they actually had their crashes. So it, that's the only thing that it made me sort of tentative there in that main event. It was like, man, like this track's just jumping out and biting people. And I sure as fuck want to be healthy this off season so I can get better for next year. Um, but I didn't actually watch your super hooligan main cause I was pretty pissed about, uh, a lot of the, mis- the mistakes I made in the, pr- the production, main event. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't get to see it. I was, I was pouting like a bitch in my, uh, in my pit. No, I was, I was irritated though. So, um, but let's talk about obviously right before my main event was the super twins main. And, uh, we don't need a race recap. Everybody kind of, obviously most people know know what happened or saw what happened, but just absolutely gutted for, for Briar and hats off to Meese, man. He was on a track like that. That's, you know, something that really suits Briar and the fact that Jared was matching he was losing a little bit of ground, but then they were kind of matching pace. I think he was like a second, a second off the lap before he fell. Um, he's really stepped up his game on a track like that. And it was interesting, man. It was, it was really weird scenario. Um, and then Briar, Briar, obviously he's my brother-in-law. So not only him crashing, like it was a scary crash, but just the emotions of, of losing in that way, it was tough for me to go out there and race, dude. It really was. I mean, I think, right. I mean, the best way to describe it is, 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 and I'll never forget it. Like after I was standing with you and, you know, as Briar crashed and as all the, all, everything was going down and, and, and you just looked at me, you go, what a buzzkill. And I, there's no better way that anybody could have described that. It's like Briar did all the right things. He put his head down and, you know, obviously with all due respect to Jared, Briar's our boy. And, you know, we wanted to see him win that championship. And, you know, it was just like, he's doing his, he's doing all the right things. He's leading the race. Everything was going, seemed super smooth. And then catastrophe happened. And that was like a huge blow. I was more nervous to watch that super twins race than I was to go out and race myself. You know, that's what, uh, you know, if I wasn't racing, I would have still been there just for that race, you know, and to support Briar. But it, it was definitely, you know, heartbreaking and devastating for that to happen. But God, what a trooper after a crash like that for him to go back out there and and try. I thought yeah. that was, a, you know, that was some that was something that a, a real true champion would do. Yeah. And I don't even think he knew what planet he lived on at that point. You know, he was he was emotional. He just lost the title and, uh, and then he, you know, he's, he's in pain. He, he's, he had a, you know, he got banged up pretty good. He was at the hospital that night till three 30 getting checked out and he's got a few minor injuries he's dealing with, but, uh, man, like just a hard crash. And on top of that winning the race and then he, then he just lost the title. It's, uh, 
I was gutted for him. Like that's like, it was, I don't know, man, racing it's, it's an individual effort, but like the small circle that I have with Shana and Briar and, and Trent, I help out in the 450 class and some of the other, uh, well, not really many more. It's a pretty small circle, but I, you know, my success is a, it's not the same if they're not having the same success. So um, yeah, it really, the buzzkill carried on that night and then onto the banquet a little bit, just not having Briar there to celebrate a championship with was, was tough. But, um, aside from that, dude, fucking Davis Fisher, uh, holy shit, dude. He went in the beast mode with five, five or six corner. laps to go. And then, yeah, last corner, I think it's underrated what he did. Like the roughest part of the track, he went for the win and just and dude, did you like watch the footage? He went through the roughest part of the track. Oh, I watched and, it live. And it was smooth. It was smooth as glass. Like if he did that eight other times, he probably would have been on his ass. But whatever Every he time. did that last lap, dude, he rode through the deep shit and literally it he smoked him in that corner. Like it was unreal and won his first race. So um Davis, you know, not a lot of the fans get to know Davis so well because he's kind of quiet. He's he's not big on, you know social media and things like that. But, um, as far as his talent on the bike and he's a pretty funny guy to talk with too. I, I really, really like Davis, but, um, I don't know him too well, but I love his leathers. They, they really get me every time. Yeah. Get it, getting a win, dude. That was, that's, that's awesome, man. That's, that's my dream. That's, you know, I've, I've gotten a couple podiums in that class. I've never gotten my, my first win yet. So, um, seeing somebody grab their first win, it's, it's always really special, man. It's, it's really cool motivating dude you, hey you got a lot of time left <laughs> yeah do Plenty i of time. do i astro cup they, I mean, they basically have my pre-entry form for the astro cup right now dude it's just sitting there waiting <laughs> just gotta, gotta throw her in the, in the in the scanner but no um yeah that and then the singles race was was good congrats to max whale he uh had to go win the race and let whatever else played out with dallas dallas did his job so uh, another championship for Dallas Daniels. And uh, I think that was Max's fifth win. I think it was his fifth win of the year. So uh, really good yeah, season for Max. Huge for him. And then Cody Cop. I mean, I, I was so, I, I've been so impressed with, with Cody Cop since he was an amateur. But this morning I was driving to work and I was still so impressed by just his season that I, I like had to text him and like tell him about it. So I was texting with Cody Cop this morning while he was on the way to the airport in Orlando. And, uh, you know, I was just amping because, you know, obviously Max is, is my boy. And, and obviously I wanted him to win because that's what he needed to do to potentially win the championship. If, you know, Dallas had an issue or finish outside, you know, the top 13, but, um, man, Cody is so impressive and watching him race all season long has, has been really cool. You know, his first season as a, as a, uh, professional, um, American flat track racer. And, you know, he walked away with, uh, with a uh, rookie of the year. So good for yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Cody's a good kid. He's his mom and dad have his head on, right. He's, he's dedicated to the sport. He wants to win and get better. He reminds me of a younger Dallas Daniels, just, just dedicated. There's not many kids in that 16 to 19, uh, age group who are as fully dedicated as I feel they can be. And, uh, yeah, I really like Cody. He talks a lot of shit to me, but, uh, but, but we're, we're good buds, man. And I'm going to, I'm going to give it to him on the pit bikes this winter. So I know he's listening. He listens to a lot of our shows, so get practicing kid, but, uh, want to make sure we shout our sponsors and we'll get our first guest on the line. Bell power sports, check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products. 
I wear the race star flex. So does Frankie. The quality and safety is unmatched. If you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by Bell, Yamaha Motorsports, and Yamaha Racing. Check out their website at yamahamotorsports.com. Really appreciate Yamaha, just all they do for the industry as a whole, and uh, as well as supporting my race program and supporting our podcast. Indy Motorcycle, Gary Gray, Mad Love, man, we appreciate you. I know you're a listener of the show. Uh, make sure you guys go check out a local Indian motorcycle dealership and test ride a bike. I got an offer to ride actually an Indian challenger, Frankie. So uh, when I get on the floor, hey, there you go. So, I'm going to definitely take some photos and vids as uh, I'm going down in a few weeks. So uh, Chad from AFT has a, a challenger. He said I could ride. So uh, definitely, you know, Indian does so much for the sport with contin- contingency and uh, factory race teams and, uh, Moto America flat track. Just, uh, we appreciate Indian motorcycle super hooligan factory team, Frankie RC with the fucking big rig rolling in. <laughs> uh, hey, someone's got to do it, man. If I'm not going to finish on the box, I might as well look good while I'm there. <laughs> it's so cool, dude. Uh, roof systems of Dallas, Texas, Jerry Stinchfield, keeping our pod going, keeping the sport alive, nearly 40 years of experience in the commercial and industrial roofing. Uh, check their website out commercialroofsystems.net. And then Brandy Wine, Harley Davidson, Tommy Hanum and his team. We appreciate his support of the podcast. Um, yeah, just couldn't do it without these, these, these uh, companies that support us. Let's get into our guest. Really, really amped up for this one. Jake Gagne, how are you? Doing good, Corey. Thanks, man, for having me on. Is that Frankie out here too? Dude, I'm here, man. What's up, Jake? <laughs> good to hear you. Good to see you guys. Here you guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Appreciate uh, appreciate it. What's what's been uh, going on since the off season started? Not a whole lot, man. Just kind of just kind of hanging out. Um, but yeah, I've just been uh, yeah, not just laying low a little bit, just running around the house doing some things. And it's snowing today. We got our first day of snow here in Colorado, so I've just been running around with my dog and hanging out. And speaking of uh, hanging around the house, you just moved to Colorado. Uh, we were talking at one of the Moto America races. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Like, you know, you're the surfer and moto dude and like, you moved out of the Mecca for both of those things in Southern California, San Diego uh, area and moved to Colorado. I mean, what kind of prompted you to do something like that? Uh, you know, it was just a combination of things. And I think I was just ready for a bit of a change, you know? And, um, like I said, yeah, I'd been in San Diego around San Diego my whole life. And the toughest part to leave, man, was just like the beach. I loved the beach. I loved being around the water and surfing, but I was, I spent a lot of time in Colorado, like riding with the road race factory guys and Walker. And, um, I've always loved it here and I've loved the mountains and I figured, you know, switch it up a little bit, do something different. And it's nice living up in the altitude a little bit too. And, um, but yeah, it just kind of all happened like so quick and it was kind of random, but it's, everything works out for a reason. And I'm stoked. I'm here now. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, usually when I make a decision, I just kind of go for it. I don't think about it too much, and I just figure it out afterwards. And so, uh, I'm I'm looking at places in Florida right now, and I'm like a Pennsylvania kid. So, um, yeah, I might just just go down and just just buy one and just figure it all out afterwards. But um, yeah, cool, dude. That's uh, first off, congrats on the season. Uh, incredible year for you. I, I've I don't, I've met you a few times, but I've never got to really hang out with you too much. So um, big fan of your riding, obviously, and uh, just the way you kind of handle yourself, personality and, and things like that. So um, got, got a lot of good questions for you that we've come up with, but I want to start with, I know you're, you're, you're a moto kid. You grew up racing moto. Um, I want to say you've done like Loretta Lynn's in the amateur ranks and, and things 
things like that. So can you give us some background on that? Yeah. So I started racing moto. That was when I was about four or five, my dad was kind of always around dirt bikes and motocross. So, uh, yeah, kind of just ride, started riding around in friends' backyards near us. And, um, I was close to, there's this track called Barona Oaks, like Frankie, I'm sure knows what I'm talking about. And it was close by. And so I kind of grew up racing there, um, just on little fifties just for fun on the weekends. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of kept over the years. It kept, we kept taking a little more serious and having fun with it. And I was always kind of still in school. And at that point, and, uh, there's a lot of kids already starting to get homeschooled and riding every day of the week and, and whatnot, but we were just kind of the weekend warriors and, um, had fun and had some good success kind of in the amateur ranks and, uh, had a lot of good days with KTM and riding sixties and eighties and all that. And, um, but yeah, it was crazy to kind of the transformation when the Red Bull rookies kept try, try out kind of came about and the whole switch kind of out of nowhere. But like, like we were talking about earlier, Corey, you just said, we just kind of rolled with it and it felt good. And so, uh, yeah, here we are now. So, I mean, obviously you had a lot of success um, in the Rebel, Rebel Rookies Cup, and that was kind of your transition from being a moto guy to a road racer, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But like, what, at what point, you know, were, did you make that decision? Like, you know, we're, I'm going to be a road racer, you know, because as a moto guy, that's kind of a, a whole different realm of racing. And, you know, what, what made that decision to, to kind of choose between the both of them and end up obviously on the road racing side yeah well so we got we got accepted for the tryout like my dad kind of threw in my name because through being at our local ktm dealership he just saw a flyer and didn't even really probably mention much and then all of a sudden we get a call for the tryouts um and at that point man i really didn't i didn't follow road racing at all you know i knew of moto gp and i knew a couple of the guys names but i i really didn't have a clue i was kind of a strictly moto kid um and so we kind of get wrangled together some leathers bought a helmet and all that stuff went to the tryouts and uh, dude, I mean, I only drug my knee like one time at the whole trout. I remember in like turn two at Barber, um, it was my first time on asphalt. And so I, I was no doubt probably the slowest kid that they picked out all of them, but I think they knew it was my first time around. And, uh, it was kind of cool how that whole program kind of took a lot of those kids together from different, from different places, you know, a lot of the flat track guys, the Gillums and all those guys. Uh, so it was kind of a, it was a really cool program without that. I would have, uh, probably never been on the asphalt, you know? That's crazy. Your, uh, your first time road racing was uh, rookies cup tryouts. That's just wild. Um, and you got picked like, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, I got, you, you won the title in 2010. I heard some pretty crazy stories from Danny. Well, actually, I think he talked about it on, (laughs) he was on the podcast and he talked about that, that championship year. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about 2009. You, You did two years of rookies cup you got some podiums your first year mm-hmm. and then moving into the the championship year in 2010. Uh, I just think it's, it's just, it's underrated how tough it is to go overseas and to win that title. And, uh, and you made it happen. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it was a wild experience. You know, I mean, like you said, I did one year in the States and rookies cup. And so my second year, even on a road racer was in Europe uh, in the rookies cup and that, you know, that, whole series is stacked and it's still really stacked. And, um, I, you know, I learned my way through it again, kind of started off as one of the slowest kids, but towards the end of the year, we got some podiums and then 2010, I was kind of ready to win it or, you know, go get some wins. And it kind of just started off. Well, I think we got a couple wins and, uh, we we're on the podium a lot and yeah, we were able to wrap up that championship, which was kind of wild. Uh, it really was wild, you know, after only a couple of years. And I know a lot of those European guys weren't, weren't stoked about it. I'm sure even Danny probably told you some of the stories of, uh, you know, there's, they have their favorites and it sure, sure wasn't the American kid, but, uh, we, 
we pulled it together again and, and made it happen. So that was kind of a special year. And uh, it was just unfortunate, you know, that program kind of was supposed to bring us, us kids kind of straight into that world championship paddock, you know, um, and it kind of never worked that way. I think I kind of had the wrong passport for that. And, you know, you see it kind of just, I ended up kind of coming back to the States after all that didn't work out. And uh, luckily, you know, Danny and, and the guys Rotary factory, we had a lot of great years after we kind of came back stateside. So it worked out, you know, it worked out good. Yeah. I mean, that just brings us right into the next thing is like, you know, you ended up coming back here after winning over there. And like you said, you know, it was supposed to be kind of a transition situation to, to, to keep, you over there but it didn't work out that way um but you came back over here and had a ton of success uh you know uh danny walker's always been a huge part of your program and and we all know that and you know you rode for him and and you won the 2014 daytona sport bike title and then the year after you followed it up with the 2015 super stock 1000 title i mean that's got to be pretty cool to win two championships in two different years on, you know, a 600 the first year and a thousand the second year. Yeah, it was, it was really awesome. And, you know, we, we start road race factory kind of all came together in 2012. Um, so we had a couple of years on 600s in the program and, you know, Danny had a lot of great guys on the team and uh, you know, like Cam Peterson, Thomas Puerta, a lot of other guys came through that program and it was really, it was really cool. I know special to him and all the guys to kind of get some championships and, and was kind of such a new program. You know, there's a lot of, well, established kind of programs or you know a few of them in the in the paddock and kind of that was cool to you know up against some stiff competition to, to get those back in the day it feels like forever already man you know yeah you mentioned the uh the transition from rookies cup and we kind of had the um if you get a chance i don't know if you listened to our podcast at all but jd beach was on and he talked about the uh the same thing you just mentioned the transition from the rookies cup was post uh kind of fast track you guys to where you want it to be in the world world championship or at least somewhere overseas, um, you know, with a ride. And for some reason, you know, JD and yourself, it really didn't, you know, you look at the list of people that have won that title, everyone else is kind of, you know, they've moved along the, uh, the system and you and JD got sent back, you know, it's like, it's just crazy how, how politics works and, uh, and road racing it's, it's in every sport really, but, road racing there's just a lot of that and um i'm sure it can get frustrating um you know jd was expressing his frustration with it and i'm sure it's just part of the the whole deal that's just tough sometimes to deal with it uh, what are your thoughts on all that yeah you know it's like like you said like jd kind of was in the same boat it, and um you know being an american it's a kind of a european dominated paddock you know and yeah, even the next year yeah sure we, we talked to some teams after the rookies cup year for 2011 but it's like they want three hundred five hundred thousand dollars or something it's like you know we couldn't we couldn't put that together and it's tough being an american and you know i think those guys are a little more accessible to all their their sponsors and you know whatever it is but it just yeah it was bummer to see that work out for jd and, and myself too and but uh but you know it all works out so uh so after after uh you won the super stock uh championship you you rode the super bike class um, but that kind of led into like 2017, I believe it was. And I believe you were riding a Honda and, and then, uh, um, you know, that, in 2017, Nikki passed away. And, and when the, the world superbike came to Laguna Seca, 
um, that year, you were asked to ride um, as a, a, a replacement rider um, for the Tenkati team uh, at, at Laguna. I mean, that had to have been, have been pretty cool, especially after going overseas, not being able to get a ride, and then coming back, having so much, so much success, it kind of came full circle. And, you know, that, that's some pretty big shoes to fill right there. And that had to have been a pretty, uh, pretty cool moment for you when, when you were asked to ride that, that bike at Laguna Seca in 2017. Yeah. Yeah. It was obviously under those circumstances, it was, it was really unfortunate. And, um, but you know, when we kind of got the, it was kind of a surprise. I'm pretty sure, you know, we didn't, we only had a couple of weeks to Laguna at that and it kind of came out of nowhere. We were running the Honda here in the States. So kind of through Honda, they made it, made it happen. Thought it'd be cool if, uh, you know, I had an American kid on the bike for Laguna. And so, yeah, I was definitely thrown in the deep end on that. And, um, but it came out all right. You know, I wanted to have fun. I wanted to do the best I could. And there was a lot of new things. The bike was completely different and the tires and all that, but we managed to get some, some pretty good results. You know, we weren't too far off our teammate right there. And, um, you know, and then it ended up kind of, I think it was Magni course for France in the final round of Qatar. They ended up calling me back. So I must've not, not, not done too bad of a job. So they called me back for a few more rounds. And then that's kind of what led to the following year going full-time world Superbike with, uh, with the team. I had a lot of, there was a lot of great people with that Tenkate program. And I know at times that, you know, the bike wasn't always the best, but you know, we think we got tried to get the most out of it. And um, it was a, you know, it was a damn cool experience getting to travel around the world and race with, with the best guys like that, you know? Yeah. When you're, I got a question for you. When you're kind of, you know, you're switching bikes a lot, you're switching series, uh, you know, you're going overseas, you're coming back here and your results, they, you know, they're up and down obviously with, with the different series you're doing, like you're over here, you, you're winning championships in 2014, 2015. Um, then you struggle and then you come over and then you win again, or you switch series. How is that on your confidence level? Like, do you ever sit back and wonder, if, if it's you or if, or if it's the motorcycle, I mean, um, I know it's gotta be tough. Cause like, you see that a lot in road racing, like guys are dominant over here, like this year, like Cameron, he went over, he's over there in, in moto two. And, um, he was winning for so long here, just kind of like what that does to your confidence level in road racing. Cause you guys switch bikes so much in, in, in different classes. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think any rider knows, you know, when you're comfy, you're really comfy on one machine, no matter, even if it's a little change, you know, things can throw you off a little bit, but I think, uh, you know, over the years you get better at it, you get better at adjusting. And, but, you know, I've learned every year, every bike I've ridden, I've learned a lot from been able to take a lot from it. Even if I, you know, I knew it wasn't the, the best race winning machine. I just always tried to get the best out of it that I could, you know, and, uh, but it's tough, you know, I've, I've had those years, no doubt that you take a little confidence in and um, you just got to kind of get back to, I think, get back to enjoying it, doing, kind of step back a little bit and having fun, you know, riding your motorcycle and kind of focus on what you need to focus on. Uh, Jake, so kind of to add to that question, um, you know, going back and forth between all these bikes, what are some of the worst and some of the best bikes that, that you've ridden around the world? You know, I've I, obviously I've I've ridden a lot of amazing motorcycles. None of them really, none of them that I hated. Even you know, people ask me about the World Superbike Honda or what a pile of shit it was, and I was like, dude, it's well. Even when I stepped on the thing, it was still the most badass motorcycle that I have ever ridden. Coming from riding superbikes in the states, you know, and 
it's not that far off, you know, the, the, the Cowier at the time, it's only, you know, it's tenths or seconds, but it's not too bad. And even that bike was really, was really pretty spectacular how fast it is and how well it can work when it, everything's right. And, but I, you know, I don't have any bad bikes to call out. I've got a, I think I've, every bike has its own little strong suit and I've got to, I'm, I'm thankful I've got to ride some pretty badass machinery over the year, you know, and, uh, but I'm happy to be on the Yamaha now. And that thing's kind of, I think the best thing I've ever ridden in it. So I'm, Looking forward to keep rolling that thing. Uh, you talk about the bikes a little bit. I want to talk about the racetracks real fast. I got a couple more road race questions, and I want to talk about your uh, your flat track, kind of different flat track stuff you do, and then your motocross stuff as well. But uh, with the road racing side of it, what's the biggest difference in racetracks here for like the cat? Like most of our fans are flat track, but we got a lot of road race listeners too. What's the biggest difference in the, in the American tracks to the, to the tracks overseas? Because I'm just, you know, I heard all the riders kind of complaining about the circuit of the Americas racetrack at the last MotoGP round, or maybe it's two rounds ago at this point, but um, what are your thoughts on that? And, and what are your thoughts on the, the MotoGP guys? I think it was like a and a couple other guys were, were not too stoked on the uh, racetrack at Coda. Yeah. I mean, those, you know, the, the tracks that the GP guys go around the world are, I mean, if you're going to try to compare them to the States, they're just, they're bigger, a lot bigger, a lot wider, a lot smoother, a lot more pristine, you know, just like the, the fine country clubs, you know, of, of racetracks. And yeah, I, I guess, you know, I heard that too at, at Coda. A lot of those guys were complaining about those bumps, you know, compared to the tracks they're used to, it's pretty damn bumpy, but I think compared to a lot of the tracks in the States were kind of, you get a little more used to it, they're a little more tight, a little more slim, um definitely more bumpy which kind of i've always enjoyed i think obviously motocross background i've always enjoyed kind of getting on those tracks they're a little bumpy and you got to try to find the smooth way around or make it work uh but yeah they're just different euro ones are just bigger wider smoother and uh so it's just kind of you know it takes a little bit of a different mentality i think so kind of adding to this one as well i mean and going back to 2015 i mean that was a pretty pretty big year for you as far as tracks and bikes and different series and it kind of goes again full circle in 2015 that was a year i believe that you not only you you won the super stock 1000 championship at the end of the year but during the year you raced an outdoor national in utah which is gnarly like that's something like as, as a kid i was like my whole like growing up I was like, oh, well, you know, it'd be really cool to one day, like, you know, r- ride a super bike race in uh-huh. one year and race an outdoor national race one year and then do an American flat track race the same year. And, and I mean, unfortunately, as, as, as the coolest thing I ever did in the same year was race baggers and super hooligans. But I mean, whatever. <laughs> um, but 2015, you did, you know, you won the super stock 1000 championship, you raced an outdoor national and you did the super prestigio race. I mean, that's got to be pretty cool to do all those different disciplines and be successful at, at all of them. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was a great year, man. Um, it was cool. Like you said, Frankie, that was just my dream, Grace, being a moto kid. It was racing motocross, you know, pro motocross. That was always the dream. So I still kind of had that dream with me. And uh, it, I remember I was at Barber. There was a couple rounds to go in that Superstock year. And I just told Keith, you know, my Keith, I've been riding at the local tracks. I see a lot of the guys. Like I could, I think I could go out there and not embarrass myself too bad and, literally the next week when I got home, he had it set up 
to, to ride the, the Yamaha that they had, the factory one in-house, because that was the year, the years where JGR was doing the Yamaha program out of their shop. And so Yamaha still had all their badass stuff in Cyprus there. So they kind of hooked me up. We went out testing with the guys a couple days, then they loaned me the bike. So I got to put in a bunch of motos and yeah, we showed up to Utah and uh, we qualified and uh, first moto, we got like 22nd or something just outside the points. And um, that was kind of my goal is to just qualify, get close to the points if I could, but that man, that track was the worst motocross track ever. I've, I've ever been it. It was in the center of the road race track there at Miller and that dirt is just horrible. And, um, but Hey, I, it was the only one on the schedule that I could pull off. So we made it happen. And, uh, the very next weekend, I think we had New Jersey, which was kind of the last round of the super stock championship. So we, we were lucky we got to squeeze that in there and no drama happened and we still got to cap off the year. All right. Well, I was going to wait on this, but then you went to the super prestigio in Vegas for the flat track and, you raced with, you know, Jared Meese and Roger Lee Hayden was out there, Josh Hayes, Briar. I mean, you were, you had some pretty stout competition at that event. And I want to say you won, I don't, the format was kind of goofy, but you won two or three of your heat races and you fell in like the semi and you ended up uh-huh. not making it. I think speed wise, you were right there, man. Like you had a really good shot at it. Yeah, that was fun, man. And that, yeah, to cap off the year after the moto and then a great year on the road race bike, it was really badass to do that prestigio. And um, yeah, like over the years, a lot of years now I've known Walker, so I've done tons of super camps. And that's really been my only dirt track experience is just doing American super camps and riding at his place in Colorado. So I, I really had barely any time on a 450, but we kind of, and you know, they did have us through all our heats. It was the prestigio, so they kind of had us separated um, you know, the road races versus you guys, the big dogs. And <laughs> so I never made it to the main to get into kind of the main if with, with, would have been a half and half, but yeah, we kind of got screwed. We won all three of our heats and then I crashed in the semi, they called it the semi. And, and since I didn't finish good in the semi, they didn't even let me in the LCQ. I think they just were down in gate and I was, I kind of was the one that got screwed. So <laughs> But it was still a fun night, man. I loved it. It was so much fun racing and getting behind a gate drop. And it was my first and only ever real flat track race. So, All right. So we've been well, asking a lot of serious Real, real fast, yeah. Jake, real fast. If you want, dude, you could, uh, you know, when you're done this road racing deal, you could line up and maybe be like Frankie's teammate in Super Hooligan shit or, you know, I mean – there's tons of uh, flat track and opportunities when, uh, when you retired from road racing. <laughs> yeah, man. I've, and I've always, I've always really wanted to do TT. Obviously I'd, I would favor TT more than a, a short track or something. And uh, so maybe one day I'll be able to get to pull a lot off. Cause I think that'd be a lot of, that'd be a lot of fun, you know, but you know, I guess even seeing you know, that prestigio night was my first time even I'd been to some miles and stuff on the inside, but I'd never really been on the same track, you know, and kind of in the, in it with all you guys and it was it was bitching seeing how it's when you're there seeing how how hard you guys all ride it's it's pretty awesome dude i'm i'm totally down i will i will sign you up i'll talk to roland about it whatever it's gonna take <laughs> you know if uh if, if at the end of your at the end of your road racing career you want to race some super hooligans i mean i uh i'll vouch for you man i know some people and, you know we'll get we'll, we can talk to some guys about it but uh <laughs> Dude, this year, I mean, pretty gnarly year. I mean, 
you, you've done all this racing. You've, you've been to Europe, you've been, you know, you were, came back here, you went back to Europe and, and, uh, after all these years, you know, you won the, the 600 championship, you won the stock 1000 championship, but it comes down to that super bike championship and, and you finally put it together and that's got to feel awesome. You know, uh, after all those years and all the different stuff and different series and different bikes you've ridden. Um, so 2021 was a successful year for you, but something else also happened in 2021. That was pretty cool. And it's this thing that they call King of the Baggers. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Dude, I love it. I love it. I even like, I go out and I always go out and watch your guys get on this, get on the zoom and go out and watch your guys' session from track side when you're practicing. And I, I still, even no matter who it is out there, man, we're seeing how fast they roll around those turns and, I just I'm like gritting my teeth thinking everybody's gonna go down or drag a bag, but like everybody pulls it off and hauls ass on those things. So and it brings in a really good it brings in a really good crowd. It's got a lot of attention. Um I, well even you were at you were at Laguna Seca, Frankie, and that was a badass event and it seemed like it brought in a really, really a really a kind of a new crowd, a different crowd and a lot more people and a lot of excitement. And um I'm all for it. Let's tell them let's go to all the rounds, Frankie. Let's go. I'm there, man. <laughs> What was the biggest difference this year? Like uh, this year to last year? I mean, you're, you were incredible this year. Just not, not that you had a bad year last year, but just, you know, it seemed like everywhere you went, you're just breaking track records, winning races. I mean, it might, I don't know the stats, but it might've been one of the best superbike seasons of all time, or it's gotta be up there. Um, what clicked? I mean, was it, was it your riding with just more time on the bike? Just, yeah, what what was it for you this year? It was definitely a little bit of everything, you know, um, making some changes to kind of my riding style. Being teammates with Cam and getting smoked by him all, all last year, you know, I got to kind of learn up front and close kind of uh, what I was doing wrong, what I could do better, and how I could ride, especially that Yamaha better. Um, and so just kind of adjusting some things with my riding and smoothing out a little bit and uh, – just, just little things, you know, to, to know what that Yamaha likes to work at its best. And also with just a year on the bike, I mean, you guys know a year on the bike, it, sometimes it takes after riding some different manufacturers, it takes a little time to get in the flow of things, especially when you're in the heat of the race weekend, every, uh, every time. And so we got some good off season testing done this year, got, you know, made some small little, we just found ourselves in a comfortable spot and I got a new crew chief and new electronics guy. And, uh, those guys have just been working extremely hard and we got a really great crew with, with Darren and Corndog and, and Stamboli and all the guys. Um, it's just when everything clicks, it started clicking, you know, and we kind of started off the year strong. That was our goal is to win the championship. I felt like that was pretty, um, pretty, pretty close to us and uh, blew, <laughs> blew a motor first round of the year. So we started off low and then kept, but we kept it high after that. And uh yeah, I just felt like we had the bike to win every weekend, which we did. And it was kind of up to me to go out there and, and try to get the job done. And um, we managed to avoid some mistakes, got lucky a couple of times. And, uh, but to get the championship was amazing. And, yeah, I think we got uh, 16 in a row and then seven, six, 17 wins for the year. So, shit, I, I'll, take, <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, that's got to be – I think – I mean, it is. I, I saw it. It's a record, you know, for – most superbike wins in a row, which is, which is crazy. I mean, domination is, is an understatement at that point. I mean, it's pretty gnarly. And there was heavy hitters this year too. I mean, 
you had Baz on the Ducati and Skoltz and, you know, Heron, Heron, your teammate, Josh was, you know, he's, he's an ex champion himself. I mean, there, it was no joke out there. Bobby Fong was a threat. Cam Peterson was a threat. I mean, they were fast guys and you just like, you kept your head down and just kept going. And it was just, you were in a whole different, a whole different planet compared to everyone else, which I mean, that, that's pretty gnarly, you know, after seeing Cam and his success in, in previous years, um, you know, you would never think that like somebody would, would, would top that. And then, you know, the very next year here you are and you just smashing records. It's pretty cool. But speaking of Cam and Josh, I mean, uh, last year, obviously Cameron Bobier was your, was your teammate and, uh, he, he won the championship and then went over race moto two. And then this year you had someone, uh, Josh Heron, who had won a superbike championship for Yamaha and also went and race moto two, um, you know, and then came back to moto America. But what's the difference, the biggest differences between, being in the same truck as those guys on the same team. And if you had to pick one to be your teammate again, who would you pick? Yeah, they're both great guys, man. And uh, I didn't know, you know, I know Cam, I know Cam pretty well um, for the last bunch of years. And until that, but last year we kind of, we spent a lot of time on the truck together. So we kind of became closer and became good buddies. And um, yeah, I, I love that guy a lot. He's a great guy, extremely talented. And I know it was cool at Coda to see him, you know, kind of show where he, where he knows he should be. And, um, but also with hair and that same thing, I didn't really know Josh too well, even before this year, just kind of talking to him occasionally over the, in the paddock or whatever. But, uh, it was really cool to get to know him this year. You know, we had a lot of fun in the truck. He's always kind of keeping it light. And, um, I think we had a good flow, but I'm not going to pick, I'm not going to pick favorites. You guys can't make me do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um, then I'm going to, I'll see if I can get you to bite on this one. Who's the fastest and most capable rider out there right now. Who's not in the paddock racing in the moto America paddock. Yeah. Like moto America. Let's say that. Yeah. Uh, who's, who's, who's not out there right now. Who should be, uh, whew, man, that is a heavy hitter. I'm going to have to give me some time to think about that one. <laughs> uh, JD is the only one that comes to mind. I mean, you know, I know you guys are having fun at the moment there, but I know that guy deserves, you know, I know if he wanted to be, he deserves to be here. In the I have fun watching him in his class. Um, I wouldn't want to race with JD every weekend. I know the other guys aren't having fun with JD winning all the TT races <laughs> and, and everything, but uh, I like watching JD. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's on the, one of the only Yamahas in the super twins class and I ride a Yamaha in production. So we kind of share notes a little bit and, uh, and try and help each other out. But uh, I'm thankful. I don't have to race him. Like that guy's a gamer. So, yeah. um, you know, he's tough. Uh, okay. What's your, uh, the main competitor for next season? I mean, how do you see it shaking out with guys probably switching rides? I know, some guys are going back overseas. I saw some of that recent announcements. What, what do you think, who do you think is your main competitor next year? Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously I don't really know where anybody's going to be yet, but I think it'll kind of be the same guys, you know, Skoltz, Matt Skoltz and Peterson and, and Baz, if he's back and, you know, Bobby, if he's on the Suzuki and it, it'll be interesting, you know, see some of maybe some of the guys in the 600s will step up or some different teams will come about and, you know, even it's still, I guess, kind of early to know who's going to be where, but I think no matter what, it's going to be stacked. And, 
you know, I, hopefully we can kind of keep the same thing going. I, I know it's, it'll, it'll closen up and everybody wants to win. And, um, but it'll be interesting to see who ends up, who ends up where, you know, I think everybody's got to figure that all that fun stuff out first, but either way it's going to be stacked. So. Well, we like to keep things light on this, uh, on this podcast mm-hmm. and, and we don't always like to ask all the serious questions, but one thing that we do like, or I, at least I like to, to know is, you know, every race and we've asked a couple, we've asked guys this, some guys bite on it. Some guys don't, but every racers, you know, has that some guys that, you know, guys that they love racing with, they love dicing with and battling with and But I mean, everyone's got that one guy, at least that they just, they want, they don't want to be near on the track. They hate racing with who's that guy for you. Ah, uh, shit. You know, None come to mind. I mean, none come to mind, really. Especially, I mean, the only guy, if I, if you had to make me pick one guy, it'd probably be Baz here. After watching him this year, you know. Um, but like, I guess my own, my, my goal is to get away and go from turn one, so I never had to deal with the shit. But uh, and that's why I try to get away and avoid that. But you know, really, every especially in the superbike class, all those guys are we're all pretty good pals, you know, and we'll race each other hard, but we know we're not going to do anything stupid and. Um, I think that's, what's kind of cool about our paddock, you know, it is a little smaller. Everybody knows each other a little more. So I think the dipshit moves, hopefully go, you know, there's a little less of those. And, uh, but either way, you know, I rub racing and that, that stuff happens and people make mistakes and he's got to deal with it. How was, um, Tony, you know, obviously came over and, and was your teammate for a few races this year. And he's had a bad rap in the past from guys, you know, obviously him and Cameron, uh, what do you call him? The scud missile, uh, he, you know, he's, he's got a bad rap for, for riding, you know, crazy or dirty. Like, is that a different, I'm, I'm naive a little bit, I'll admit with, uh, some of the road race stuff, but is that, uh, is that frequent for the European riders compared to what you got? Like, is the riding style different? Like what creates that? Or is that just like irony? Like it's, you know, just because. I don't, I think it's just, no matter, it just depends who it is. I don't know if it's born okay. in your nationality or anything, but, but even Tony, you know, yeah, I mean, Tony, and <laughs> I'm Cam not dipping into that hole. I swear day. guys. <laughs> yeah. I remember, you know, when Tony and Cam were having some drama a couple of years ago, that was, uh, it's, it's all good fun. You know, I mean, people get heated. I know Tony gets pretty heated sometimes, but I think he's calmed down a little bit over years now that he's a, a papa. I think too. And, but I didn't spend much time with him either until he was our team, my teammate at Pittsburgh. And, you know, obviously shared a truck and uh, he's a good guy though. He's, he's a really fun dude and he's always in a good mood and he's always running around and uh, keeps, uh, keeps, keeps everybody in a good route. He's, he's a funny guy. And, um, but yeah, I know was, even when him and Cam were having some good battles back in the day, there was some great, but that, there was some crazy racing, but that it's fun to watch, you know, and it's, I think they enjoyed it either way. <laughs> Yeah, Tony. Tony's pretty cool. Like I, uh, I know that he's like a, he's really serious, but he's also like he's like a funny guy. But he's like he's really smart. He's really technical. So that I mean that was probably pretty cool to see. You know, he probably brought a little bit of uh, knowledge to to the team, whether it helped you or not. Um, you know, he's just he's so technical and he's got you know a MotoGP background and stuff like that. So he's uh, he's he's really intelligent. So that was that was really cool to see him. You know, I know he was really interested in riding that Yamaha after kind of riding, you know, everything else. You know, he got to ride the, you know, he rode the Suzuki for a long time. And then he rode the V4R Ducati 
uh, this year for Kyle and then, you know, around the Yamaha. So it was probably, probably cool for him to just kind of taste all the flavors and stuff like that. But, uh, my next question and, uh, and, uh, this one's, this one's a serious one for me because I always, my always go to is like someone like brings Jake Gagne up. I'm like, dude, he races moto and then he's a road racer. And then, you know, I bring up the 2015 thing all the time. I'm like, you know, in 2015, he did the, he made the outdoor national and road race. And that's the coolest thing ever. But if you had to ride for fun, you can only pick one. You can do, you know, if you could do moto track days only or road race track days only for the rest of your life, <laughs> what would you do? Oh man, that is shit. That is tough. Uh, Hmm. probably you probably probably moto you know i think that'd be if i was really narrowing it down that's i you know maybe just because i it's what i grew up doing as a kid you know it's still it will always kind of feel like home to me a little bit more you know um but still even to me it is still crazy and i think about it if i you know i've been road racing for whatever 12 13 years now it um when you step back, it is a lot of years, but it's flown by so, so quick. I almost still feel like I'm a little bit new to it, you know, just cause I, I wasn't one of those things that you grew up doing yeah. when you're, you know, 10 or even 12, 13, 14, you know, who's winning the supercross championship coming up here in a few months. Ooh, I, I hope it's one of the Yamaha. I'm a fan of Francis. I'm a, I'm a fan of Tomac. Um, so those are those are my favorites. Yamaha, maybe I'm a little biased with the Yamaha, but I, I like those guys a lot. Seeing what Frannis did in the outdoor series this year was pretty incredible. That guy was on a mission, and um, I was I was stoked to see that. You know, I think that I hear great things about that guy, and, and same with Tomac. So hopefully, one of the blue boys. Yeah, I knew I liked Dylan when we were at the uh, Yamaha um, banquet for the championships in 2019. And, uh, he had like a one and I think it was like two weeks and I go back to my room after the banquet and he's, he's at the bar having a mixed drink with his lady. I was like, yeah, dude, like, it's just so like, I don't know. You don't see that moto. Like the guys are just so serious and a lot of them are robot. I mean, it's starting to become more fun again for some guys. It seems like compared to like maybe five, six years ago, but the fact that he was like down to like stay up a little bit and have a mixed drink with some people, I thought, I thought that was, that was badass. So. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of Dude, also, also his chick is a absolute smoke show. I can't get enough of her. <laughs> when I go, when I go to, I go when I go to the motocross. Event, I once pulled, I once when I was working in the in the in the AMA Supercross and Motocross paddock. I once we we're at, um, I think we we're at Bud's Creek, and I like I was like doing some stuff in the Star Yamaha rig. And I walked in and his chick was just, I mean, just looking like a full-blown snack. And I literally walked into the office, grabbed Will on, and walked into the office in the front of the truck. And I'm like, Will, I can't come in this truck anymore. I can't handle myself. I can't contain myself. I was like, you got to get her. She got to stay out of here. I'm not coming back. But good for oh, him, boy. man. That, what, a, what a bad dude. <laughs> I mean, he's got, he's got the, the accent. Is she, is she from here or is she from over there? No, she's from France as well. Oh, okay, okay. Well, then the accent kind of that doesn't count. Then I mean, that's. Yeah. Eh, I thought it was <laughs> the accent. Dog but... for her. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I got one more one more question for you, dude. And uh, I know Corn Dog from kind of obviously the flat track stuff, and 
He's been, I see him in a lot of your, you know, videos and pictures, like they post Moto America and, um, what's your relationship like with, with, with him? Cause he's like a blue collar, you know, Canadian, like what, what's that relationship like? And, uh, and talk about that a little bit. Yeah, he's a, he's a really great guy. I mean, obviously you, like, you know, Corey, I, that guy's got countless years of experience on pretty much, pretty much doing everything, you know? Um, and I didn't really know him all that well until this year. Uh, and we, well, we kind of hit it off right away. You know, I, I knew and I believed in his, his knowledge and what he could bring, you know, with my limit, very little amount that I worked with him the year before. Um, so I knew we were in a great position when we, when we kind of knew what was going on. And then even in preseason testing, we all kind of hit it off really well. And, uh, so it was just one of those good changes and the guys just got so much knowledge and the more you work together, you know, you know, the more you build that language and understanding of what you need to kind of make the bike comfortable. And that, you know, that guy has given me the most comfortable bike that I've, I've ever ridden, you know, and even over the weekends, you know, we, we still, gotta always try to make the thing a little better you know there's always stuff we're struggling with and um man the guy just knows we got a good communication relationship and understand where we gotta go and he makes great calls and same with darren on the electronics and mike and walker on the bike uh i just got a really solid really solid group of guys that uh really are in are all in it for the same reason you know we want to win and we want to enjoy the process and have fun and you know we're all there because we enjoy racing and um so it's fun when you got a good crew uh, a really great team and everybody's motivated and uh you know they're you know they're putting in 110 percent, so it makes it a lot easier to make sure you get it your absolute all you know for for all the for all the hard work yeah it's really cool man it's really good to have a have something like that you know especially at, at a top level in moto america you know fighting for a superbike championship it's uh it's really important to have you know guys giving just as much effort as you are um at that level. So man, Corey, it's been super cool having Jake on the show. I'm stoked on this right now. We should have did this a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, man. Definitely appreciate you coming on. Uh, is there any, anything quick you can shit talk on Danny while you're on the show, while you're on the show? Oh, I, we could have a whole show, a whole show. We need a, a roast of Danny Walker. I think we could actually make that pretty successful. I think yeah, we get a. I think we'll got to we'll get a couple raised hands for that. So maybe we should set that up. That guy's giving me a lot of shit over the years. So if we can sit him down for a roast, then uh, I'll be there. Sign you got my up. wheels turning, man. Honestly, like sign uh, me up. I we could find six people like Chris Carr. We could bring oh, yeah. on Gagne. Beach. Oh man, it'd be good. Be- God, JD's funny too, man. <laughs> that like, guy's awesome. Yeah. yeah the banquet video for uh for our banquet this year one of the questions like they do like a fun video yeah. and one of the questions they asked a few riders is what's your hidden talent you know and everybody said different shit and jd's was you know what my hidden talent is i stutter <laughs> so funny <laughs> like looks right at the camera man <laughs> fucking lost it. owning it like every time he every time he talked it was, i was just i was laughing dude it'd be good but um yeah man again thanks for coming on taking the time um all the best to you next season if if i ever get out your way colorado i'll i'll hit you up man it'd be cool i know you're uh or you used to be a big runner i, I like to run a little bit and, and some guys were like man you should talk to Ganya. he's a good runner so um but running mountain biking whatever whatever you got i'm sure mountain biking there's pretty cool so 
uh, definitely hit you up. Yeah, there's tons, tons of epic stuff around here. So hit me up and hey, Corey, congrats on your year. That was that was amazing. And you too, Frankie. Congrats, man. Uh, you, you had some great rides and it was cool to see you at the racetrack. So, uh, but let's get together, do it again anytime you guys want, Corey, and I'll I'll be tuning in and listening to you guys. So, uh, we'll talk soon. All right, Jake. Appreciate you, buddy. All right, later, guys. See you. See you, dude. Jake Gagne. Like him, man. I really like. I like that guy. He's he's chill. Like he's a cool dude. Jack of all trades. Yeah, he definitely brings some light, like to the Moto America paddock. Like, I think a guy like him, who's so you know, he's so like lighthearted, and he's just like he's mellow, he's chill, he's cool, he does fun stuff, he does all this, and he's like, oh, also he's a superbike champion. Like that guy. Even like, <laughs> even really when cool. he's shit talking, like he said, like the well, he didn't even it wasn't really shit talking, but he said Boz. He's like. You couldn't even get mad at it. Like, he's such a nice guy. It's like anything he says, like, angry, it's, like, not even that angry because it's coming from Gagne. I don't – does that make sense? I mean, it's uh, – it's, like, his, he's got, like, that good vibe going, just, like, SoCal vibe. So, um, yeah, I'd like, to, I'd like to hang out with him. Maybe he could – I'm, like, straight Philly sometimes, so I just – I'm just pissed for no reason. Like, I need to channel my – we usually say channeling our inner Jeffrey Carver, but I mean, Gagne, dude, he's <laughs> channel my, he's right there, dude. my inner Gagne. <laughs> oh man. Well, I think, I don't know how the, how the schedule is going to work this year or next year for 2022, but I don't know if we'll all be in Daytona at the same time. Like maybe that's where we do it. That's where we all, that's where we do the hangs. Well, I'll be down there for sure. I mean, I don't know when the schedule is either. I mean, it was, it's within a week, right? I'm no. Cause I think, yeah. I think I we're our schedule just got posted. I think we race Thursday and Friday, and y'all race. I think it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, or fuck, who knows? Road racing schedule is like way different than flat track. So, um, but yeah, it's the same Super weekend. Bella. Yeah, nice. Well, does Gagne drink? Like we're gonna have a play date. Does Gagne party? I don't. Gagne parties. Does he party? Okay. Come on. I mean, I figured. I don't. Gagne know. for sure parties. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of guys you would think would. Do you would drink beer? Bro, I do drink beer. I do. Not <laughs> I don't I don't get you drink like the most beers. Oh, not me. I, I'm not I'm awful in that, dude. I, I have like three and I'm my face starts to get numb. Like I'm I'm so lightweight. It's not even funny. Who sent it the who sent it the hardest at the banquet? Honestly, I rolled out pretty early, but I was there long enough to see Raspoli, um, pretty shwasty. And uh, he started at nascar he was sitting in front of me at nascar right before the banquet and i actually posted a story of him on my instagram and i said off-season training starts now so apparently <laughs> he took it. that to the banquet with him yeah he was pretty shwasty and you can always count on like the uh the the squad of uh chad coast ryan wells oh uh, those guys, Tanner Dean, I saw Dalton, they like to have a good time. Uh, but, um, I don't know who was, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Sammy was probably the most shwasty, but he was shwasty on, uh, oh, on pain meds. He, he went to, uh, outer space and ca- came back and landed, uh, the first, first person, <laughs> first person to do that without a fucking spaceship. Um, yeah, I know, honestly, man, it's, it's it's insane how how bad that crash was uh, and honestly i didn't see the crash itself i was sitting 
on the ground. I was the first bike in staging for my main event. I was sitting on the ground with my helmet on watching live timing on my phone with the track, like 15 feet away. Like I couldn't watch the race. I was so nervous and, uh, I didn't see the crash itself, but, um, somebody showed me the replay. Uh, I don't need to ever see it again, but that guy took a hell of a hit and then he comes to the banquet the next day. Like, it's so gnarly only sammy however could do that i swear i swear like it he's not human i don't understand i don't and fuck you sammy dude he was talking smack on me at the banquet in uh one of the videos <laughs> he uh he took a few jabs at me so um yeah i mean i'm glad you're all right sammy you're my dude but fuck you also so i'm not letting you wear <laughs> my boots anymore <laughs> bastard dude he full-blown went to outer space i don't think his face got busted from him crashing and hitting the ground i think it busted from him not having a pressurized helmet while he was in mars yeah. <laughs> we can joke about it now because he's 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 all good for the most no, part i mean yeah at, at the it's time honestly, i mean i was, yeah. it was a scary situation it's yeah it's it's definitely not not something to joke about but sammy kind of made light heart of it which makes it uh makes it like it was really cool to see and uh just keeping everybody just you know, off, you know, I don't even know how to describe it. Like when, it, when somebody crashes in flat track, everybody's work, like we're all like Briar, like when he was, when he was, you know, deciding if he was going to go back out and try, if he thought, you know, he's capable of going out physically and, and running for the championship after, after the accident, all he was asking about is, is Sammy, like, is Sammy okay? Is Sammy okay? It's like, yeah, man, Sammy, like he'll, he's going to be okay. He's, he's awake. He's, and, um, you know, I'm trying to get Brom like, buddy, you got to go fucking go out there and try and try and win this thing. And, uh, like I said, Briar didn't, didn't know what, what planet he was on either, but he was concerned about Sammy. And, uh, and when Sammy kind of made lightheart of it on social and then he shows up to the banquet, it, it definitely, um, gave everybody a, like a sigh of relief, man. It, and then, you know, obviously besides from Sammy, like Colby got really, really hurt his leg, uh, had to get surgery, Mike Rush. Morgan Mitchler, his finger was like bent backwards. It was nasty. Oh. Uh, I saw a picture of yeah. it. I, I was like, bro, I never want to see that again. Um, that was, that's, that's nightmare fuel right there. So uh, a lot of guys crashed and got hurt Briar and Sammy, of course. So it was a tough weekend and the last race of the year going into, you know, you, you want to celebrate at the banquet, but it's just like, for me, it was seeing everybody get hurt and Briar lose the title. Like it was, Eh, it was whatever. I was just looking to get home. Really, it's kind of crazy, but good season in general, man. It was uh, a lot of really good races this year. A lot of good competition in all the classes. Um, yeah, I mean, they posted the schedule at the banquet. We're going back to Castle Rock, which is pretty cool. I'm excited. I, I, rad. I like that part of the country. Um, I don't know this. I don't have the schedule in front of me, so I'm just going off the tip of my tongue. But they have the Red Mile. They're bringing back, which is uh, I won there in 2019. Really, really, really cool racetrack. Sacramento, obviously Springfield. We're going to Missouri. I, I forget. It's like Odessa, Missouri. Uh, Vernon Downs, New York, Cushion Mile. So uh, another close one to where I'm located, which I ain't never mad about. Port Royal. Ooh. Port Royal. I think there's a trying to think, man. I don't know. I'm sure most of the people I've seen the schedule on uh, social media, but one track I saw that wasn't on there that I'm bummed about because 
we always pack the grandstands and it's a really nice facility is Oklahoma, man. Uh, Oklahoma, I didn't see on the schedule. Maybe I was a few cocktails in and I, you know, I, I just missed it, but uh, I didn't see OKC on there. So hopefully, hopefully we go back there. There's a few like TBAs. So that'd be cool to add that in there as well. One thing I would have liked to see, and it's something that I've been like, I've been saying it since, you know, for, for a while now is I would like being a super hooligan racer. I would like to see, some short tracks for the twins, you know, obviously you guys go to Springfield and you guys ride the mile and the signals class does the Peoria, you know, short track. I mean the, uh, uh, Springfield short track, right. Peoria the first time Springfield. Yeah. Um, but I would like to see, you know, super twins and production twins ride some smaller short tracks. I think that'd be really cool. You know, like I said, being a super hooligan racer, that's all we ride is, you know, we ride big twins on little tracks and, and I'd like to see, you know, guys at your, your level do that. I, I think that AFT should, should bring something like that into the program. That'd be really rad. I agree. Yeah, I really do. I think, um, we did Daytona short track last year and it was successful. I had a lot of fun on my twin. Um, I think the fans enjoyed it too. So, um, most of the short tracks we have now it's, it's almost hard. Like, I feel like I've won, I think I've won maybe three or four short tracks these last couple of years, but the only short track I feel like I've won is Daytona because I've won Atlanta short track. It's fucking huge. That's a big short track. It's a quarter mile of a short track. I feel like it's bigger than Charlotte. Um, almost. And Charlotte's dubbed the half mile. And then I've won New York short track. Um, and that, I guess that track's pretty small, but it's still fast. Like I don't, Short track to me would Springfield would be cool, but man, I watched a video from Springfield. I watched that wide open video. If you've ever seen it, it was um, Jessica Hale did it like in 2006. Um, it's like a documentary yeah. of the season. It's really cool. Actually the uh, Springfield short track back in the day was just so much better than what it is now. Um, it's right now it's so rounded. Like there's no straightaway. The guys are constantly turning the whole way around the track and there's no it's passing. Circle. It's a circle. There's no passing. It gets really rough and chewed up because you're not going straight at all. It's just, yeah, it, it gets like a big runoff on the back straight away. Like if you go back and watch 2006 to like 2009 Springfield short track, even before that, like 2002, 2003, when it started, it was more paper clipped and it wasn't like as chunky of dirt. Um, it was real technical and it was a freaking blast to ride. Like everybody used to say Springfield short track was their favorite track. Now, like if you ask most of the singles guys, even who they don't give a shit what they're riding, they'll ride freaking parking lot. They don't care. They don't even like going to it. It's like, man, I, I wouldn't want to race Springfield short track just for the sake of, it looks kind of lame right now. Um, so, but like old Springfield short track on my twin, that'd be badass. Um, and let's go back to Daytona short track. Like I, the facility is kind of eh, but fun racetrack provides good racing most of the time. Yeah, it's bitching. I, I think, I think if if AFT were were to make one decision about tracks and stuff like that, I think that's what they should change. But other than that, I mean, they seem to be crushing it. Good on them. Yeah, um, it's been yeah. A, it's been a really rad season. I'm stoked for AFT and you know everything they brought and you know they they really brought their A game and they're really stepping it up and and putting flat track back into a a, a place that you know, where it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, people, 
people say a lot of negatives about AFT and that's just the nature of society right now to focus on all, a lot of the negatives. And there's some things that I, I call them out on, but I, I feel like I'm fair in my assessments. Obviously if, if someone needs to do better, I'm, I'm a pretty honest guy and I, and I'm going to speak my mind, but there's a lot of things they do well and they've given, you know, a lot of us opportunities to make careers out of racing. So uh, look forward to, I, they did mention at the banquet that, the structure of the super twins. Cause I feel like that whole project was, um, not very successful. I'm sorry to say it. I, you know, Bit having, of a flop. having 12 to 13, 14 riders out there in super twins is, is not, not good for the sport. So, um, with that being said, they mentioned at the banquet that they, uh, they see it and they're going to make some changes to hopefully open it up some more for the, um, uh, for the super twins next year. So I think, I think all the classes are staying the same from what I, from what I've gathered. Um, a lot of people are switching rides. Uh, so it should be interesting. Honestly, it'll be a long off season, a long silly season. Um, a little musical chairs going on guys, switching yeah. rides, girls, switching rides. Um, yeah. Well, we yeah, we don't know much really any, nothing has really been announced yet, but, um, but that's, and a lot of people, they live for silly season. Like the fans, like they get more excitement out of who's switching rides, just like in moto, it's big news than, than the season itself sometimes. And, um, everyone's always asking me Hey, you know, you, if you heard anything, I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't really care. Like what anybody else is doing. I got enough shit to worry about myself trying to get sponsors and, and line up everything for my, my deal. I could care less what fucking Tom, Dick and Harry's doing. Um, I mean, I want, I need, we need people on the grid, but like trying to keep up with everybody else. That's like, I'm exhausting enough. Like I, I don't know what anybody else is doing. So it's, it's, it'll be cool. It'll be interesting. You know, little structure changes, you know, ride changes. And, you know, I, I think it's good. I think it's good for the, for the sport of flat track racing. It, it brings excitement and, and a little bit of unknown. Uh, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I, I think within the in the next couple coming months, we're gonna uh, start seeing some announcements. Obviously, we've seen a couple. Um, Turner, the Turner Honda team has made announcements. Uh, new riders and and uh, you know, but there's still a lot of unknown. So it's it's pretty exciting. Should we do a few? Uh, this, we got a few more minutes here. Should we do a few like? superlatives like they do in the yearbook for the flat track season uh maybe mm, like most uh most like who surprised you the most this year like who was the most surprising rider uh most surprising rider um in a good way honestly honestly cody caught man i i, I knew he's gonna be fast but i didn't expect him to have that much success uh coming off of an amateur career in flat track. I mean, I think you and I have talked about on the show before that, you know, the amateur flat track community isn't what it used to be back in the day, you know, back in the day when you and I wrote eighties and stuff like that, it was stacked with Bobby Fong's and, you know, JD beaches and Brad Baker's and it was gnarly. And, and, uh, you know, these days it's, there's fast kids. Don't get me wrong. Obviously Cody's proved that, but I just didn't see him coming coming out of the amateur career, his amateur, you know, career and running up front immediately. And, and, uh, it just goes to show that, you know, although, you know, that the amateurs, amateur classes in, in flat track might not be as stacked as they were, the speed and the talent is still there. 
So I thought that was, that was pretty surprising to me. Yeah. I'm going to go with, um, I actually picked Cody to podium this year. Um, I actually had a bet with somebody on it and I won the bet. So I picked Cody to podium. Uh, I was a little nervous after the season started. I think he didn't make one of the Volusia main events. And I was like, man, come on, Cody, make me lose my 20 bucks. But no, um, I had, (laughs) I had faith in him. I really like Cody. He's, he's one of the few, few young kids that, that I actually get like, I can understand and get along with a little bit. He's, he's a good dude. So, uh, he's like a, he's like an old, he's like, he's like a young old man. He's like a, he's like a young man on the outside, but he's like, you talk to him like an adult. Yeah. It's well, crazy. He's, he's humble too. And it's tough for me to say, cause he's such a cocky shit sometimes to me, but I give it right back. And then at the end of the day, it's like a mutual respect. It's like, uh, he's like, he talks smack, but in like a playful like joking around way. And I actually can see that through him where a lot of these kids they're talking shit, but they're like serious. It's like, they meant it. It's like, man, I don't know. You haven't even fucking made a main event this year and you're talking shit. So, um, but Cody, yeah, he's, he was impressive, but I expected that out of him. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised if he won a race this year and he came close. I'm going to go. And honestly, nobody this year really like stepped out of the box a lot. Um, JD beach, obviously, I think he did slightly yep. better than I thought he would do just because, um, on the ovals and, and things like that. And, um, they had two podiums on the ovals this year. So I'm, I'm, uh, pleasantly surprised, man. I'm stoked for, for him and his team. That's, that's awesome. But I'm going to go with Brandon kitchen, man. He had a couple rides this year that had me like, I was like, damn, that was impressive. I want to say it was weed sport. He was, uh, he came from deep in the pack and charged to the front he got like a second at weedsport and i think he was closing in a bit on the leader when it, when he when he did that he passed like eight or nine eight or nine riders and then peoria he ran henry wiles down at peoria in the semi and had a real real good shot to win the main event his um he's got some racecraft things he can work on for sure he's his starts are kind of inconsistent and um he needs to turn like the bad days in the better finishes but like he's got like a lot of talent um so if he you know works hard and puts it together i can see a lot of a lot of good things for him in the future yeah i think there's a bright future ahead for him definitely um you know like you said he's just he, he he's shown he's shown that and and uh i think uh he's gonna be a threat for for uh some years to come here let's do uh most outstanding performance like what was the best race for you this year um like what well, yeah like the oh, most the most epic race that's a tough one um i mean if we're just going by sheer all out just made everyone look dumb jared at sacramento mile i mean he just it was almost like it was too easy he was in a class of his own i mean obviously we know that 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 uh his FTR 750 is uh, on a mile is is a threat and uh, but man I just yeah, I it was kind of boring though that. that was boring no don't trust me I nobody ever I always want to see a battle I want to see I think the best battle out. in Super Twins was uh, Port Royal Brandon Price and Briar I think Briar got it. they were Briar was high around the air fence Price was kind of low they were running into each other a little bit bouncing off the walls and. That was a really, really good race. Um, There's a lot in the singles, but the um, I think it was the second Volusia where Shayna was winning. Mikey got the lead. Morgan Mitchell got the lead. Shayna got it back. Um, 
not trying to be pious, but that was a, that was a pretty good one too. I thought it was another impressive performance and it wasn't even in a main event was when Shayna crashed in Sacramento and then, (laughs) and then just came back, came back like, and almost won the, the, the race, like won the, almost won the semi. Yeah. I was just like, what, what is you're insane. I saw it in her eyes. I'm like, Oh fuck. Oh, She was fired up. Yeah. They're in trouble. Um, I think Kristen beat actually asked me like something. I was standing right there. I was like, yeah, I'm just thankful. I don't have to race Shane in this semi right now. Like when she has her mindset on something, she goes for it. But there's like the singles, uh, there's a bunch of singles races that were good. Max whale and Cody had a couple, a couple really good ones, Dallas and obviously Springfield short track and him and Travers race was, was, uh, probably the most talked about race this year. Um, I would say so. I, I haven't done any, like going through these for people listening, I have not done any research on any of this. I'm, I'm just trying to make the pod a little bit longer for your listening enjoyment. But so I'm just going off the, I'm just going off pure, just spitting it right now. Like I don't even trying to think. Save of the year. <sighs> I would have said Briar, but he didn't save it. Um, I don't know, man. Even that, even if Briar saved that, I would still have to give it to Cody Cop at Peoria. That was gnarly. When he side saddled off the off the deal there, and um, I don't know, Jared Mises was was. I mean, he had he took out Brandon Robinson to save it, but he saved uh, what was it, Joliet when he he took out Brandon. That was a pretty good save too. But he, Cody might have had the save of the decade. That was I would. I would give that to him easily. That's not even, a not, I would do any research. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was going to be on Sports Center. I couldn't even believe it. Just that was gnarly. The dude just drug me off the Peoria jump on a flat track bike. It made no sense to anybody. I'm trying to but think if anybody, if anybody, I mean, I'm sure Halbert has had a save or two this year that were incredible, but he does that every race. We almost forget about it at this point. Um, it's just how he rides. No, seriously, I've seen him save some stuff that is just unreal. Um, yeah, I don't know. Most unexpected performance was uh, B. Smith at Sacramento. I, um, Dude. which is crazy to think about. Like last year or the year before, it's like, man, he's he's going to win for sure. But um, the struggles they've had with their bike this year, and then the to you know, I think the first day he was, you know, obviously it was a bike issue, but he wasn't in the mix at all. And then to come out on uh on jared's backup half mile bike and uh and get second is 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 just great is just says a lot about his riding it's like holy shit like he might have like ran jared down too like he might have like because he came from pretty far back he might have tried to a few more laps there you know catch up to jared but yeah that was definitely i mean a really good finish yeah he worked for that one i, I just i couldn't even believe that i was sitting in the infield and just i, I was just in awe and i was Obviously, Jared was pretty on fire, and and I just wanted to see Briar be, you know, if he wasn't going to win, be the second place guy. And then all of a sudden, here comes another Indian FTR 750 with neon yellow handlebars, and it's Brian Smith on, you know, Jared's backup bike. And you know, I thought that was gnarly. I saw that. I couldn't believe that. Uh, that slow-mo video of like Jared crossing the line and like he's passing the line and he looks back over his shoulder to see who gets second and it's just Brian and he just starts clapping. 
so gnarly but oh uh, you know what dude i gotta give a shout out to jesse janish man i'm just i'm i would just popped on here to do some research because i didn't want to forget anybody and holy shit man I, jesse definitely um he's the mo- I, honestly hands down the most surprising like to come in and never really having a lot of success on on the twin um in his career not racing that much at all and to come out and do what he did on the xg and uh and winning, winning the season finale, um, that's definitely, you know, I'm, I'm pissed I didn't mention that. Uh, shout out to Jesse, man. Sorry about that, dude. You crushed it this year. Yeah, I think there's a lot of guys out there that are Trying so to. talented and there's just not enough. I don't know if there's not enough rides or if there's just not enough support or what it is, but, you know, obviously he came he came out kind of out of the blue and then, and then ended up winning the finale. And then, um, you know, uh, Harley brought in advanced nines, brought in, uh, Hayden Gillum and, and he had some success at Peoria and, you know, it's just, there's a lot of guys out there that, that can win be fast. Um, it'd be cool to see, you know, a little bit more support or a way to get all those guys out there more on a, on a full-time level. Um, I'm going to shout out Pastrana too, man. At Atlanta TT, getting ninth. I, you know, I thought he could do good, but that was like pretty impressed. I was pretty impressed with that. Like, that was a a really good finish for somebody that's never, he's never done that ever. And to get top ten in the singles class is, and there's a lot of good singles TT riders too. Um, like there's a lot of guys. The kids who, are fast right now. Yeah, they're really fast, especially on TTs. Like everybody is really well-rounded a lot more than it was when I turned pro. Like there was, you know, a couple guys, few guys who were good on TTs, but now like everybody's good on TTs. Like you go to the local, like the worst flat trackers at moto are still like not that bad anymore. Like it's um, everyone's way more well-rounded. Um, and then like the most unexpected podium, I'm, I'm looking at some stuff now on Bert Sumner's website, dairylandclassic.com. Danny Eslick's podium at Joliet, you know, like obviously Danny's super talented, but he was like, you know, switching rides, wasn't in the top 10 even. And he paddled for the win in that race too. Like uh, it took me half the race to get around him to win that, to win that main event. And he ended up finishing third on the podium. So that was definitely a big slack mission. Yeah. Good old Danny boy, man. What a psychopath. And he was the last person. He, he pulled off the off the uh, production twins main event on uh, Saturday night, and and he walks by me. He's like, "Hey man, it's like it's really slippery out there." I'm like, "Can you just not tell me these things? You're gonna freak me out before I go out. You can get out there." <laughs> and of course, I go out there and just try to ride the bottom the whole race like an idiot. I'm but, glad uh, I missed it. I would have been. I would have been. I would have been getting mad. I'm like, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't jump on the track. Like, let's go, dude. Move up. I'm glad you didn't see that race. I'm less embarrassed now. Well, another thing for my main event too, I'm going to blame you guys because you were the last main. We had to get you in, but I'm getting ready to go out on the track. I have my helmets on. My, I'm literally slipping my clutch to pull on the track. And dude says, five minutes plus two. I was like, what? Because we run eight minutes <clears throat> plus two. He's like, five plus two. I'm just like, spun. I'm already spun out with everything else. Then they shorten the main event, you know, by a lot. Like that's probably 10 laps probably 10 laps they shortened it nine ten laps i'm like man like are you kidding then i wheelied the start then the 
I, I sh- I'm almost embarrassed to even talk about it, but I thought the white flag was the checkered. So like I catch up to Johnny with two to go. I'm coming up on him. Like I was right underneath of him going across to start finish. And I'm like, shit, man, I, you know, I almost had him. And then he keeps racing. Chad coast rolls around the outside of me in turn one. And I'm like, I'm looking over and the white flag was waving. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, no way. I'm two, just now finding out about this. I haven't told many people. Um, two time champ, two time champ, uh, been racing my whole life basically and i pull some shit like that like that tell so it's just that's why i was so i wasn't necessarily i don't necessarily get mad at my finishes it's just like the process it took that like gave me that finish that i'm mad about so i'm like sitting over there i'm so pissed like i let i did something like that that's so unacceptable um but it it tells you where my mind was like i was not there in that pain event <laughs> like like i've never i don't think i don't think i've ever done that it's just crazy i, I couldn't believe it so anyway i passed chad back like uh he might have felt bad for me because he was like what were you doing he, like he was like i rolled off a little bit so because i felt bad <laughs> passing you <laughs> i think he was kidding but yeah i ended up getting the spot back and i got fifth but just like stupid shit just crazy yeah, I think, I mean, with everything going on and all the crashes and the, just the drama, and I think I think everyone was a little bit off come the end of the night on Saturday night in Charlotte. But, I mean, now it's the off season and it's time to reset and start yeah. again in 2022. Yeah, and we will have, obviously, pods coming at you guys all off season long. And um, big shout-out again to everybody that got hurt over the weekend. Our thoughts are with you. Sammy Halbert, you're an animal. Um, you know, it's good to see you, you doing well as obviously as well as Briar and um, everybody else. Congrats on a great season. Congrats to Dallas and Essenson. Congrats to Jared Meese and his team. Um, job well done for them. And I want to give a shout out to my team as well. G and G racing. It's, it's underrated what my guys do for me, traveling the country, living in hotels for months at a time. Um, we're just a father and a son. They live in a van pretty much all summer chasing the dream. So um, really small team and I uh, just I couldn't do what, what I do without their support so I want to thank uh give my own personal team a shout out on the pod this this episode they definitely deserve hey, it they so. crushed it yeah, you yeah. guys all did great this year and you guys I mean I didn't really know those guys until I met them in Sacramento this year and like I, I didn't know it was like such a small little effort and and from outside in like you would never know that because it's just it's done so professionally the bikes are maintained at, at a you know, professional level, and it's just those guys kill it. So good for those guys, and good job to, to all you. And you know, another championship. That's amazing, dude. That's two. So you're gonna have to come in hot next year and, and get that third one. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's like already prepping for next year. It's a brutal sport, man. It's like you you win. You it's like cool for like half a second, and then you're already. It's like next year already um it's it's just crazy it's so i see why a lot of these guys get it's just they get so burnt out just these moto guys they pretty much retire when they're 25 27 years old because uh you know they make so much money it burns them out like just trying to repeat those results but for me it's like part of the challenge like getting older and these the, the guys that i'm racing with are a lot younger and they're super talented and i like that challenge it gets me out of bed it's kind of like i'm I got home yesterday and like today, it's just a weird feeling. Like I feel a little empty. It's like, man, like 
you know, the, with the season during the year, I, you know, I, I had such a plan. I'd come home, watch the film, watch the footage, go train and get ready for the next race. And I had a game plan and I was working towards something. And it's, it's like that little empty feeling right now for a few weeks. Like I, I'm, I'm glad the off season's here. I can spend more time with my family and crews and um, Briar and Shana, but it's like, I'm a racer. Like I want to get back out there and race right now. So um, with that being said, I'm going to give another shameless plug winter throwdown, Frankie, January 6th through the 8th, 2022, a lot of big things planned for it. The 85 CC winner is getting a factory bell sponsorship for 2022. We got Dunlop That's support. Cool. Yeah. We got a lot of cool things Indian motorcycles. They're going to help us out once again with some contingency. I'm going to announce Yamaha's contingency for my race. Um, you know, Dalton Briz boys want to give a shout out to him for helping me put this together. And everybody, everybody else, Mike, Mike and Laura Caldell and um, Dave Hicken from Callahan Speedway, everybody that helps put this event on, it's gotten so big. Jalen Norris, she, she does a lot for me on my social media accounts, which everybody was giving me shit at the banquet for, for having eight social media accounts. And uh, I, I I'll, I'll take it on the chin, but a lot of it is, uh, you know, I couldn't do it without Jalen. She manages like half of my shit because I just have too much going on. She basically runs my whole team CTR elite amateur team right now. Um, she does pretty much everything with that program. Uh, so I just want to give a shout out to her as well. And, um, but yeah, winter throwdown, Frankie, it's coming up. I'm going to keep talking about it here on the podcast and on social media, make sure you guys uh -huh. follow all the pages and trying to get Frankie and the, the Indian boys out there. I, I did a, I, Gary Gray, I know you're listening, man. Let's, let's, uh, let's make some, uh, some incentive for these Indian hooligan bikes to come out. Let's, put up some extra cash yeah give roland some budget so we can go <laughs> roland let's get them roland, out we're, we're calling you out right now we want we want to be there double header man it's it's uh biggest biggest race of the year i mean as far as entries go i mean we had 400 entries last year so um i really want to go it's a it, i mean every year i like watch it and i just have fomo i'm just over here on the other side of the country like i, I wish i was there it would be a lot cool if i was and so i'm definitely making it a point to come if i have to fly there and ride you know robbie bobby's framer I'll i got it. a framer i'm not mad about it i'll get you a bike to ride bro if that's the case that's an easy one like i'll find you i have a dtx bike a framer a twin um you talk about twins on the short track last year, Jared Meese won the open pro class on an Indian FTR 750. He beat all the 450 singles on a really small short track. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He I mean, this dude won an extra 2,500 bucks from uh Indian. They, they put up for it last year. So um, yeah, really appreciate Indian motorcycle supporting the, uh, the winter throwdown and the podcast. Well, I want to run through these sponsors real quick. Um, they do a lot for this show and, and keep it going for Frankie and I. Brandywine Harley Davidson, Roof Systems in Dallas, Texas, Indian Motorcycle, Yamaha Motorsports, and Yamaha Racing, Bell Power Sports. Um, just really appreciate all the listeners for tuning in. We'll try and get pods out more consistently here. If you have an idea for a guest, we have some lined up that are going to be phenomenal. But if you have somebody you want to hear, shoot us a message. Thanks for yeah, just at all sharing the podcast, liking our social channels, and um just we we have a lot of fun with it so uh thanks for the support that's it man we did it another one bites the dust <laughs>